0: Thank you for listening to the Spectrum Lounge. If you enjoy this podcast, please support us at patreon.com backslash film underscore NYC and be sure to subscribe to the Spectrum Lounge. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creatives of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Vichon, and on this episode, I'm joined by Jerry L. Barrow as we review season two of the HBO Max original series, Love Life. Welcome back, Jerry L. Barrow.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Rebecca.
0: (laughs) That's three, three for three. So we've done Harder They Fall. Right. We just recorded one for King Richard, and this is yeah. And you. he is a champ. He's recording two podcasts. We're, I'm recording two podcasts tonight.
1: And so, let <laughs> and him out. I'm out.
0: I'm- Ten minute water break.
1: <laughs> and, and I'm on East Coast time. You would you you in sunny LA? After yes. this is over, you still got the rest of your evening. Mine is done.
0: <laughs> I going to get some water. I was I was almost distracted. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nope, I don't have time for that I gotta record this other podcast (laughs) You know, you know And So so, um, I'm really excited About um, Reviewing this series I Knew about the first season of Love Life with Anna Kendrick I'll be honest with you, I didn't really pay Attention to it Um, It did get good reviews It was kind of on my list of I'll get to it. Um, And then when they announced season two of Love Life, for anyone who knows, Love Life is basically an anthology series where each season follows a protagonist on their journey to love. So season one uh, centered around Anna Kendrick and just her various, you know, failures and triumphs in finding the one. Um, And so the second season, they cast William Jackson Harper, Um, For fans of The Good Place, or uh, if you're watching uh, the Amazon series, The Underground Railroad, uh, William Jackson Harper stars in both. He plays Chide um, in The Good Place. And so when they said that this season was going to be centered on... A black man I was like what
1: yeah
0: I'm mm. <laughs> um and so of course I I started watching it and I, Jerry did you watch it first or I watched it first I'm trying to remember who
1: I on. finished it before you did I think you might have told me about it but I finished it before you and because yeah. I couldn't stop it once once I got once um well they they dropped them in like groups of three
0: yeah so when
1: those those last three or four dropped. I couldn't wait, so I think that's what happened. I think you might have started it before I did, but I oh. think I finished it because I, w- I became such a huge fan. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: let us know what you. What did you think of Love Life season
1: two? I love it's it's the best TV show I've probably watched this year, and wow. I've been kind of I've been watching a, a lot of romances. You know, during Corona, mm-hmm. they've they've been putting out these kind of real intimate. Um, films you know like even um master of none moments of love which um and then you had um the oh my god the scenes from a marriage which ironically seemed the original seemed to have inspired you know master of none evidently because the endings are so similar wow. and so you've had um these real intimate looks at relationships and I was thrilled at what they did with Love Life. Marcus Watkins is, I like that he wasn't, he didn't have the usual struggles that they try to give black men in TV shows. Like he's older, he's more established in his career. He's not trying to figure it out, but he is trying to excel. He's, He's already figured out in his career what he wants to do. He's motivated, he's accomplished, but he's not satisfied. And that can be good and bad. Ambition can be mistaken for not being happy, a lot of times in your present life. And I can relate to that a lot as a black man. I get when I get when I express things I want, it comes off like oh you're not satisfied. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's challenging to be grateful without appearing stagnant. Like you want to you want to be grateful for where you are in your life, but you can't settle. Like you can't. Get, you can't get stagnant so we're constantly living in the future but only visiting in the present mm-hmm. and this manifests in his marriage you know I don't I don't want to give too much away but like he's oh, married this
0: is, this is a spoiler late, oh. late review so we we can't talk about it <laughs>
1: okay I just wanted to be sure you know so yeah. he's married to a white woman but and it seems like it's just going okay um and things happen to kind of reveal the cracks i I have this old saying it's like you don't know uh, an egg has cracks in it so you put it in hot water Mm. and (laughs) and that's exactly what happens with marcus and his wife i'm forgetting her name right now but Mm -hmm. he's already dealing with the 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 idea of uh, i'm in this interracial relationship and what that means and that becomes the unravel when he meets this beautiful black woman who he just seems to connect with in a way that he hadn't before. And I'll just, I'll stop there.
0: Yeah. Um, I love this. I love this show so much. I was just thinking to myself. I wish I had, you know, if I, I just got permission to do some stories for, um, a certain outlet can't reveal what, but just doing TV coverage. And I wish I had gotten this offer <laughs> Hmm. Around the time that Love Life was airing, I mean, it's too late now. Hmm. But when I think about Love Life season two, it's a show that it just holds space inside me. Like, like I finished watching the season finale, I finished watching the last four episodes, and I cannot stop thinking about that show. Hmm. I can't stop thinking about what I saw, what I heard how it made me feel mm-hmm. things that it was bringing up inside of me. Like I, I, I've not seen, I have to be very honest. I've not seen such a brilliantly written show about black characters in mm-hmm. love like that. Yes. In a really long, like these are highly intelligent. Me and Marcus are highly intelligent. And mm-hmm. um, on HBO max, there's a, a round table of sorts uh, after the season finale aired, uh, where the creators and the cast were talking about it, and I remember, um, you know, one of the, one of the co-producers of Love Life actually is a black woman. Um, her name is Rachel Benari, and I was because I was looking at the show and I was like, there has to be like black voices or people in the writers' room or something. And I've not like the conversations that we're having, the, the that they were having, the the, the feelings they were expressing. I feel like with Mia I feel reflected. I feel my reflect I feel that she reflects me mm-hmm. in a way that I don't feel that a lot of I may feel like some empathy and feel a certain connection to certain black women characters but for Mia I felt like wow yeah I could see a lot of myself in her. And it was just it was just so brilliantly written and it's so subtle and just really just this idea of seeing this Man in his 30s who's kind of coming at a crossroads, like you said, he's having—he's coming at a crossroads with his marriage. He's coming at a crossroads at his career. He is uh, the only black editor in a lily white publishing company. And we all know that the publishing industry at large is white. So mm-hmm. we're having him deal with that and and what does his blackness mean in these white spaces right and like you said that's compounded by the fact that his wife is a white woman and
1: mm-hmm. the
0: conversations they were having i was just like i've not seen too many tv shows where interracial couples speak so openly about mm-hmm. race usually it's sort of like this kumbaya we don't really talk about race i just love you and right. maybe, and maybe right. you might have like one very special episode about police brutality and can- <laughs> a very special
1: episode i just tweeted about that the other day <laughs> it's, true. You know I mean?
0: it's just like there's not any depth to these conversations between you know partners of opposite races particularly black and white and like love life was just hitting it was hitting so many spots it like just hitting so many and i was just like it really felt like you were just a fly in the wall
1: was, wall. It was so having realistic. Marcus, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, these very intimate conversations. Um, I mean, we'll we'll start with Marcus and Mia, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you have not seen this show, please turn it off and come back and listen to this review. One of the things that I loved about Marcus and Mia, how they meet and just overall, the tone of Love Life season two is that it had a, whimsical feeling to it that a lot mm. of rom-coms are allowed to have with white leads and I always feel like sometimes with black romances there has to be this strumming germ of like racism and mm. you know what I mean like you can't even enjoy fo- following two black people fall in love right. you know what I'm saying without there being some like don't 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 you know what I mean and, <laughs> yep. and I was just like because I mean I'm not let me be clear Being Black in America, we already know the things that we have to face. Racism, homophobia, all these things, no matter, you know, depending on your intersections and your identity. Um, So I'm certainly not saying that these things aren't important to talk about, but I always feel that there's a lack of care in developing who these characters are and how they find their way to each other, right? And one of the things that, by the time we get to the last episode with Marcus and Mia, I felt like they earned it yes. like they, they deserve that. Not of course, everybody deserves love. Let me be clear about that. But what I'm saying is that the journey that they take each of them together and separately is so full and so rich and so complex. And I'm like, I've not seen black characters written with such depth. Cause um, they don't
1: get that much time. You know, mm-hmm. with the exception of, you know, maybe a, a queen sugar, you don't get to follow the arc of a con- of a relationship um, mm-hmm. with a black couple over several episodes. You know, even if, if, if you get one movie, mm-hmm. you know, you get the photograph, you get this microwave version of a relationship. You yeah. don't get to see them fuck up because, you know, when you watch a movie, you know, you know, there's gonna be they're gonna meet in the first act, second act. There's gonna be the conflict, and then by the third act, they're gonna try and resolve it somehow. With a mm-hmm. with a series, you get you, they keep you guessing and on your toes a little bit. So mm-hmm. when the when the when the mistakes come, when the fuck ups come, you're like, oh! And it's like there's no guarantee that it's gonna get wrapped up all nice and clean by mm-hmm. the third act. You know, they could drag it out for as long as you want. You know. And then you and and they play with you in the fact that there's reconciliations and there's breakups and then there's near reconciliations and it's like but it's so realistic that's how real relationships work they're not all okay we're in love and then we hate each other it's there's those that that gray area of you know what I love you but you're bad for me and I'm trying to work that out or you know, you're great for me but I'm in a bad place right now and I'm not right for you in this moment but I might be right for you in a year or two. And mm-hmm. we don't but we don't get that in a movie. We don't get that space to explore and the, the writers used every possible moment they could in the series to give you as realistic a portrayal of a relationship as I've seen on screen
0: mm-hmm. in a
1: very long time.
0: I I totally agree with that. And and let me be clear, I'm talking about the romance drama romance genre right like as far as black characters on the on the small screen like usually we you know like we have a couple on uh this is us like beth and randall but they've Mm -hmm, already mm -hmm. been established or like clarence like usually you know we're we're getting these picture perfect Mm -hmm. uh snapshots of black love right and what i love about love life is that it 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 kind of is on a spectrum between that perfection, black respectability, and mm. the other spectrum of being like Tyler Perry messy. But love <laughs> life to me is the most nuanced. Like it is it strikes the tone right in the middle. Like we're gonna show the fallacies and like we're gonna show like the the messiness and mm. like the complications and like the imperfections of these characters without Pathologizing them. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry probably can't even spell pathologize. <laughs> well, you know what, and, you know, do, know what I'm saying? I do, I do, you you. Know,
1: I do get you. I do get you.
0: Yeah, like there's always been this debate: should should black characters be perfect or should they be messy? My answer is they should be human. That that mm-hmm. is my answer. We're human people. We're messy. We're contradictory. We're you know we're all these things. The 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 the, the breadth of experience of emotions that are afforded to white characters, right? Like a Carrie Bradshaw, if you watched Sex in the City, she's just messy, like Mm -hmm. Carrie's a mess. And I feel like we need to have that space for black women to be messy. And and I think that's why I I related to Mia so much because you can see like, she's beautiful. She's such, but there's clearly some trauma from Her right. parents, right, they they had her, they got divorced and they had a very contentious divorce and a very contentious relationship in raising her. And that mm-hmm. has given her a lot of emotional scars and, and and a feeling of maybe I'm not worthy. Two things going on in her, man, like there's no happily ever after because look at my parents. And right. then compounded by this feeling of a low self-esteem where I, physically she, the hair, the, the, you know, the makeup, the clothes are snatched but inside she's a mess, right? Mm -hmm. And so she's also dealing with this fact of while she's putting this facade of being like this well-put-together, classy black woman, it's like she's also wondering, am I worthy of being loved? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like Because if my mom, and look at her and look at her life and like, what does that mean for me? Am I ever going to find it? And then just the way that she kind of self-sabotages herself. We see that in Mm -hmm. episode seven when she and Marcus finally get together and then she just throws a, Grenade right. into that whole relationship. Task because, Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, <you know> what <laughs> mean? Task Rabbit just leaves with a Task Rabbit guy. You mm. know what I mean? And now that she had the relationship that she wanted with Marcus, but then having to go back home, and I could relate to that, how you can be, you can feel emotionally balanced, and then mm. going back to your family can fuck that all up. Mm. Right? Because that, those past traumas and those, fractious relationships with either your siblings or your parents can make you revert to that 12 year, 12 year mm-hmm. old. Age. You know what I'm saying? And so right. she had this well put together life and then she, having to revisit her mother and then finding out that her mother and father are trying to reconcile mm-hmm. after all these years. And then she just, she literally self-sabotaged. She was like, I am going to sleep with this handyman. and when she broke up with Marcus she tried to play it off like oh you know I don't need you or whatever but no I saw a scared little girl Mm. who was like I am afraid for him to love me because I don't want him to see my mess Mm. I don't want him to see how hurt I am I don't want him to see the scars that I have and I think that's something that's worth talking about is particularly with black women, I think this was what was so beautiful. I'm trying not to cry. What was so beautiful about love life is that even in Mia's messiness and Mm -hmm. her imperfections that Marcus, once he had his growing up to do, right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Their reconciliation felt so earned to me because this was him opening up his heart where he was like, I see everything about you. And I accept that. And I love you anyway. Right. Right? And it's not about this, this, this conditional love. Like once you're perfect and where you're like this, this Claire Cuxtable ideal, uh, ideal of, of black womanhood, then I will let, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And and that's flying in the face of like these, you know, fuckheads like Kevin Samuels and these Mm. other black hotep, um, relationship experts that are talking about low value black women.
1: Right. You know what I'm saying? This idea of like,
0: what are you bringing to the table? Um, you know, or if you're a single mother, you're not worthy of love. And love life just blows that up. And yes. I think what's beautiful about it is that it gives Black women a space for us to be imperfect. That we don't mm-hmm. have to put this this mantle of Black woman superhood on us mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. order to be worthy of love. Because it's always this idea that Black women have to be worthy of love and that we have to work. For love where mediocre white women they fall in love all the damn time nobody's <laughs> questioning them but for us it's, it's almost like we have to go through all these hurdles like this olympic trials mm-hmm. <laughs> in order for us to get the one and mm-hmm. love life is like we're not doing any of that shit. okay mm-hmm. <laughs> here's mia and and what was beautiful and you know their reconciliation is that she told him that she was seeking therapy because she realized dysfunction in herself and she was working on making herself a better person Mm -hmm. and just him embracing everything all her scars and her wounds and saying even if you're an asshole i still love you i don't care like that's that's a powerful those are some powerful images
1: i think what helped marcus um get to that place is that he did a lot of fucking up on the Mm -hmm. way to her you know you want to talk about he he's he seen the depths of how of human dysfunction, both in himself and his friends, um, in his past marriage, the decisions and choices he made leading up to her. Because mm-hmm. you know, I you kind of have to have your your spirit broken a little bit. Because um, mm. he went through, he got to that point where Mia was the ideal, the one he'd been chasing, mm-hmm. and I think it almost took losing her in the way he did to make him really understand if he really wanted her or not, because yeah. it's easy to say he wants someone when she, she was like the trophy. If you, mm-hmm. if you want to be honest, she was, you know, mm-hmm. she was gorgeous, you know, gorgeous, funny. She connected. She was the, the, the Holy grail. So getting her was almost but getting her was almost getting the, um, the false version of her, or the incomplete. I won't say false. She was incomplete. Really? He okay. only saw one that one side. And yeah. what he what he ended up seeing uh, almost happened, could have happened it happens to a lot of people in the relationship, deeper into it, like after they've already been married or after they've had a kid, you know, yeah. you, you get that dark side and then you get that reset. He yeah. was actually lucky enough to get it while they were still just, you know, you know, in their in a relationship. Yeah. So that he could really decide, okay. Yes, she hurt me, da 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 but then you can think independently. You're not thinking, oh, well, we have a kid to consider, or we bought a house, or these other things to consider, or she's she's ill, or he's ill, because so many different things come in and throw people off, and make people compromise their beliefs to stay with somebody. But it was pure and simple, yeah, you know, I don't want to be with you, you know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I know that was devastating to him, especially as a man that's used to being driven and used to getting things if he feels like he worked for it. And I think up to that point, he felt like he had worked, he had used the word earn earlier. He felt that at that point he'd earned her, but he hadn't. (laughs) And he says it later on saying, you know, I realized that I have to step up the plate to her for her repeatedly, not just one time, but like continuously. And then you realize You take a comfort in that because Mm -hmm. you know, you can see what what some men won't, won't confess is that they, they, they feel the pressure of stepping up because they don't feel like they can, but when you get that confidence and realize, you know, what, I could take whatever you can dish at me, Mm -hmm. that's a different kind of acceptance. That's a different level of love, but I don't think it takes a lot to get there, but Marcus went through. (laughs) <laughs> Several crazy relationships. He, he After the divorce, he meeting chicks in bars and going back to dorm rooms. Like, when you've slept with a when you're a grown man, let me, and you've had sex in a college dorm, you've hit bottom to me. <laughs> you're <all> right. You have hit bottom. He was like, Are you at least a TA? Like, come on, dog. Like, he was kind of rationalized that shit.
0: Yeah, they had to check in at the front desk and Yeah,
1: the security guard <laughs> was giving him so much shade like, dude. Yeah. What the but hell he- are you doing here?
0: Yeah, but I I agree with you that I I think his journey just all these the different women and the relationships and the failures um just really molded him, you know what I'm saying? And especially I have to talk about episode nine because like, I, I love the episodes, but when I think of like the stand-up episodes, mm. nine and 10
1: mm, mm-hmm, are for mm-hmm. sure
0: my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that year, because um, a lot of people may not know this, but Love Life does tackle the coronavirus. So episode nine actually yeah. starts where he goes into quarantine mm. um, and just following him for that whole year from like February. Cause we went in place in New York, like around March. So from mm. March to New Year's of the, of, of you know, New Year 2020, and just all the, because the thing is like, now that he had no distractions, he had mm-hmm. no women, no alcohol, everything's closed, and he only had himself. And yeah. then also compounded by the fact that you're a Black man now watching the cases of Breonna Taylor, and mm. Ahmaud Aubrey and mm-hmm. George Floyd, right? And brilliantly, what I loved about it is that you don't see it you just hear the audio from the radio or the tv he's watching you know you know what casey's talking about
1: right and just that
0: scene of him just being on the bed just Mm -hmm. kind of like in that fetal position Mm -hmm. like just the way that they just show marcus's vulnerabilities like you know, because sometimes it's the stereotype of Black men is like, they're cool, they got swag, they know everything. They're a sexual beast and they mm-hmm. just got it together. And Marcus is not any of those things. <laughs> <Not> Marcus, <laughs> he has, he has swag, But he's, he's in a crisis, like he's in a yeah. crisis and you're just this Black man. Number one, you're sequestered from everyone you know and love. You're having to deal with the coronavirus. Then we find out that they've, you know, fired most of the staff. And so it's, all the work is on him. Mm -hmm. at his publishing house and then on top of that you're seeing black men who look like you being murdered on national television like Mm -hmm. that's a lot and the one thing that i did appreciate and i think and again i really want to talk i would love to talk to rachel benari the black woman executive producer because i feel like that was intentional Mm. was the scene where He's going through the midst of this, and then Mia calls him because I'm guessing mm. you know she's you know, sequestered, she's feeling it, and then she right. reaches out to him the after you know this is a year after the breakup, and she's just sort of like, hey, I want to see you, you know. Well, remember when she she confesses the reason why she broke oh. up with him was because she slept with somebody else
1: because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he didn't
0: like you said incomplete, he didn't have the yes. whole story, right. and then she was like, yeah, you know, but I, I feel really bad. Um, but I want to see you. And so I'm, I'm pretty sure Mia was feeling a lot of things he was feeling, plus wanting to feel a connection to him. Mm-hmm. And at first I was sort of like, okay, let's see how this plays. Mm-hmm. And they do something brilliant. Marcus says no.
1: Mm-hmm. He was like,
0: Okay, so you just told me you slept with this. Man. I'm good. He He's was good, like, you I'm good. See you know I'm and he was like, I'm good. And the reason why I appreciated that is because number one, it was showing that Marcus was kind of dealing with his codependency. Mm. Where he realized he had to work out on himself. Like while it would be so easy to run back to Mia and just, you know, be comforted, he was like, no, I've still got work to do. And, yeah. he, and also he had to process the information she had just given him. For sure. um, and also, number two, I think it was brilliant that they did not reconcile then because mm. that is what you call trauma bonding. Right, mm. Where, because you're, you're seeing two black people experiencing Black Lives Matter in these protests or whatever, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't reach out to each other and we shouldn't comfort each other as a people. But if you're talking about like romantic reconciliation or romantic pairing over mm-hmm. trauma,
1: right. any
0: psychologist or therapist will tell you that it is not good. Um, mm-hmm. As an example, you can look this up. There was a study um, after nine eleven there was this phenomenon where you had widows of police officers and and firemen who had died at the towers at 911 who were marrying the partners or friends mm. you know what i'm saying so they were marrying if if her widow was if the widow was the widow of a firefighter she was she was marrying another firefighter if she was the widow of a cop she was marrying another cop you know what i mean do you think saying? that
1: was that marcus's wife did a form of trauma bonding by dating Uh, his friend maybe because she's like i lost him Mm. i can't have him he's kind of he's not physically dead but he's emotionally dead but the closest thing to him is his best friend There's Mm. because he admitted um when when they reveal i forget which episode that one of marcus's friends is Mm -hmm. dating his ex-wife yeah he said yeah i always knew you had a crush on her like it's something he knew in the back of his head which is kind of a creepy, crazy thing to know about your boy that he had a crush yes. on your wife. But yeah. but then we don't hear like what what was her motivation, you know. Mm-hmm. Did he pursue mm-hmm. her? Did she pursue him? You know, so that, that just what you said just made me think about that. And um mm-hmm. that's one of those things that Marcus has to overcome another one of those things that tears away at whatever was there before, you know. Right. Wow. Um you, you, that that whatever callous you had or whatever belief system you had about relationships everything's getting challenged. Wait a minute. I'm getting divorced. Wait a minute. And my best friend is dating my what? ex. Like, how do I feel about that? You know, I don't love her, but this is, bo- and so he's working through all of that shit. And being sequestered. I, <laughs> and, and being sequestered. I, I, there were so many parts about the episode I love, but when he was on that Zoom call with the company, it, it, it just resonated with so much. So many of my friends were going through, because right. I wasn't working at the time. I had already been laid off. Um right. by the time the pandemic hit like hard hard. But I remember being you know, hearing my wife on the on the on the calls with her company and they got all these they're asking every black employee, Well, how do you feel? What do mm-hmm. you think? And they're asking asking black employees to um to do the legwork, to do the emotional work of of, of um, you know, Showing everyone else or educating everyone else about what it means to be black, and it's like, yo, that's not my job. What the fuck? Yeah. So when he so and and then they read these board these statements that are just bullshit, uh-huh. and you just and then Marcus <laughs> just reads them for filth. He's like, wait a minute, you've been get you fired all the other black people, but you care about black lives, and then you're uh-huh. giving the one black guy left here all the work. You know what? Fuck you. I'm out, and he quit. And I'm telling you, that resonated. To, what's that?
0: No, I was laughing because it's so it, true.
1: It's so true. And so many people have been doing it. They're like, you know what? This isn't worth it. This mm-hmm. is not worth it. And y'all are all full of shit. I am not mm-hmm. going to be here to be the person to make you feel better about being, you know. And and a year later, I would love for people to follow up with those companies who made all those pledges in 2020. Choose mm-hmm. to, to to donate money or to to support Black people. How many Black people have they hired in that year since?
0: Yes, you know? yeah, yeah. And oh, that was brilliant. That brilliant Jackson Harper. I know that he needs to be in the in the awards race conversation next year yes. for the Emmys. Best actor. Um, Absolutely. If any doubt that William Jackson Harper is not a leading man? Please, please, mm-hmm. life. that's not that's not up for debate. No, but I agree with you because there, there were so many things going on in episode nine. Because episode nine was aptly called Marcus Watsons. It was mm-hmm. it was his, and it was really about him growing. So even mm-hmm. when you know when when Mia called him trying to reconcile, and he said no. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, oh man, work is, But I understood it, but and more importantly, I understood intellectually that it was it would not have been a good idea for them to
1: no over not a at shared,
0: all. or it, you know a shared trauma like that's not you know what I mean. And and what goes on is that he still got work to do. He's still working on himself emotionally. And I think what was so beautiful about his growth mm-hmm. is that you saw him become less self-centered right because as somebody who you know suffers from anxiety or whatever and Marcus definitely suffers from that sometimes you can get caught in your own head and it becomes like this infinite loop and then what happens is that sometimes you lose track of people who are around you or you're you know what I mean like you're not as present in -hmm. your relationships and what was what we saw Marcus do is to start to step up before mm-hmm. he could step up for Mia, he had to step up for the people in his lives, like his sister. The next yeah. scene, we see his sister getting married, and mm-hmm. he's there and just genuinely happy for her. He's not going into his existential "Oh, woe is me." When I'm right. like, no, he didn't do any of that. He made that about his sister. And shout out to Punky Johnson, mm-hmm. who plays mm-hmm. his sister. Um, and of interest, uh, his sister uh, Ida. Um, is a lesbian. So the wedding is to another woman. And I just loved having that queer representation. Mm-hmm. And I love the relationship that he had with his sister. Yes. Um, You know what I mean? And yeah, but it's like, so by the time he meets up with me again, a few months later when they meet for lunch, mm-hmm. he was ready. Yes. And she was ready. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then just going into episode 10, it was just like episode 10. I was just crying throughout the whole episode because it was just, it was just, it was just this exchange of support like you know they start by going to the play that was written by one of his exes and she makes fun of him talk about a little drink for a little boy or something like that
1: <laughs> You and a little bass And what i love
0: is that mia just was amused by it i thought it was going to mm-hmm. threaten their relationship she was just like i don't care about that woman she was like my relationship with you that we're good um and you know he's just sitting there kind of like you know he's quitting his, he's quit his job he's freelance editing and she was just like hey babe i've got you why don't you write a book mm-hmm. The, the, the things that you've experienced as a black man, an all white man. And she was like, I got you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it wasn't like in some black woman is the mule. Let me support this, you know, shiftless black man. No, that was not it at all. Um, yeah. you, you will see how they step up for each other throughout the episode because later on, when she's complaining about her job. She's like, it's just BS. And he was like, quit your job. I got you. You know what I'm saying? And then just the ending when he surprises her with that Christmas trip to To where was
1: it? Bermuda? Bahamas? I thought. The
0: Bahamas. Mm -hmm. Because I remember you had you had watched the episode ahead of me, and you Mm -hmm. were like, "When you you were like, I am just like applauding Marcus right now, like." And I'm like, "Who's doing this
1: episode?" Because she was at the end, her wits end, and. Mm -hmm. He just swooped through with the with the surprise and yes. just said, "Hey, my mom's here. She's got the baby. I know you needed a break. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're not. I'm not just giving you a break. We're gonna go on vacation." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "I'm not waxed." He's like, "I'll wax you." You know what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> you know. And then they flew first class, and uh-huh. it was just like from top uh-huh. to bottom, he just thought of everything, and it he was did. just you know, he
0: really. Really like just to see the evolution of him from becoming like this kind of self centered and kind of scary, mm-hmm. you know, scared boy inside sometimes. And he just like he just stepped the fuck up, and she stepped up. Like they they are just so perfect for each other. And and I think this is why going back to when you know I was glad that they didn't do the um mm-hmm. the trauma bonding as a oh this is mm-hmm. bad. It's because I think they were trying to make the bigger point that Mia and Mia and Harp, uh, Mia and Marcus are not together just because they're both black. It goes way yeah. deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Way deeper than that. Yes, they are both black, and I was hoping that he was going to end up with a black woman. I'm not going to lie, but I think the thing is that Marcus and Mia are truly their soulmates. They are mm-hmm. the one for each other. They're just these two black nerdy. Like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like they're just so, and it is yes it's their race they definitely have a shared experience Mm -hmm. of of, you know communal um cultural communal shares right but it's Mm -hmm. also more than that it's just the fact that he gets her she gets him you know Mm -hmm. because there's this idea that black people just get together because they're just black
1: right (laughs) right right what what i loved about it is that in, in, at episode ten, I had I was on the edge of my seat because I kept expecting something to happen bad to happen. Yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, they're happy, they're together. So what's going to go wrong? And while they did have some challenges, it didn't blow up. It wasn't like and and, and it, there were even callbacks to the first episode for me when they and when he has that event, and I think as a publisher is going to be there, and she's really yeah. not into it, well, and yeah. she's kind of checked out. And mm-hmm. it reminded me how at the where the party where they met, they both went outside to hide. And she said, mm-hmm. "You're you're in my hiding place." But <laughs> he and he saw that he recognized that she had retreated from the event just like the night he met her.
0: Mm-hmm. But instead,
1: he said, "You know what? You're the priority. Let's get the fuck up out of here." And... Jerry,
0: when I tell you that, <laughs> that scene. I had tears in my eye because I was like, "He gets it."
1: Yep, yep.
0: Because um, a, a, someone else would have been like, "Well, f her. She's gonna have her little attitude. I'm gonna just keep going my little with my interview." F or her. do
1: this, f- or f- do this for me. Hanging right. there a little bit longer, and they would drive yeah, home yeah. that night all mm-hmm. mad, and he'd mm-hmm. be saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," but instead, he was like, "No, right. this interview's over. Let's be out." <laughs>
0: yeah, and I, and I love the before he, you know, even before he said, "Let's get out." It's the conversation that they had where Mm -hmm. you saw how both of them had grown as as partners and individuals because they were honest about how they felt. She was Mm -hmm. like, I'm burnt out because I've been with the baby. I've been with the baby 10 days while you've been on this book tour. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, you know, the reason why I took this event is because I'm afraid that if I say no to any event, all of this will go. Like they were both Mm -hmm. sharing their vulnerabilities. And that's been the, that is such a a frustration when you see certain couples that fall apart on TV or film. I was like, if you had only talked to each other. And Mm. that was, that occurred to me. um, There's this HBO Max series called Starstruck, which I totally love. But so Mm. much of the the tension and the conflict is because they don't communicate with each other.
1: Mm. They just make
0: assumptions about each other and they just break up. Whereas here in this scene, now me and Marcus were both, being honest about each other, expressing their fears, expressing their anxieties. And then he was just like, all right, let's get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. And I just love seeing how like, like they were throwing back shots.
1: <laughs> all right, <laughs> like right,
0: right. A couple with a baby and they were just partying like college students. <laughs> we got a sitter. It was so cute. And then remember she puked while they were driving yep. home Uber, mm-hmm. she over the side of the door and then you see the next scene. they're at a gas station of course I'm sure the Uber driver was like you want to clean that up right, there goes right. parking, cleaning the puke and then the voiceover it kind of what you said about him realizing that he that he wouldn't rather he would rather be nowhere else than cleaning up her puke <laughs> 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 he started the car, just like knocked out with her mouth open
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you he said. was just like, yeah When you said I
1: had to show up for her, you know, repeatedly. And, you know, Um, when you've cleaned up a woman's puke, then you know you're in love, man. So,
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to overshare here, but it's like my current partner. Mm. You know, like I have, like when we go, like usually when I go to bed, you know, with a partner present, you know, I'm going to do a little something, something. You know what I mean? I'm not putting on makeup or anything, but, you know, Mm. I'm trying to have the hair cute and maybe put on a little bit of lip gloss and whatever. And I came to bed and he was looking at me. He was like, what are you doing? And I was just like, well, I'm getting ready for bed. He was like, okay, so you're getting ready for bed with earrings on, makeup. You don't have your bonnet on. What's going on here? I went into this process of stripping down. I was like, no, I'm trying to look cute for you. He was like, babe, I already know you're beautiful. That's not debatable. What you need to be is comfortable because you need to go to sleep. And there's just no way to be comfortable. So I went to the bathroom and I took off. The makeup. I took off the lip gloss. I put on my little granny bonnet because I was like, I ain't wearing bonnets in bed with men. Like I'll, you know, use like a satin pillowcase or whatever. And so mm-hmm. I right here I am looking like stripped down, and he was like, "That's hot." Was like, oh. And that's why I knew I was in love with the man because I was like, "Oh, so you accept me like this?" And there's, no-. I was on day two of my period, so I'm bloated on top of everything else, and he did not care. Right. He did not care because that's what that this is me looking my most authentic. This is how I really look when I go to sleep.
1: Right. And he
0: was like, I don't want that. He was like, That's not you don't need to do this performance for me. It's not necessary. And, yeah, and, and
1: bonnet pour yeah. is a is a subgenre on Pornhub
0: man is invested in me wearing my bonnet we I mean, <laughs> need to talk to a therapist about this but it all, <laughs> I have
1: my theories but this is a PG-13 show I'll say it before another day <laughs>
0: yeah, but that's how you know like as a woman that's what I was seeing for Mia is that this man who just loved her and she didn't have to perform she didn't have to be perfect like she just had to be herself that's all he wants from her. to You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just for her to just be present and to be herself. And that's such a powerful statement, I think. And for him, too, because she was the same way with him, because she knew all mm-hmm. his mess, too. It's just it's just a beautiful season. I think I'm probably going to go back and watch it after we finish recording yeah. this podcast. Um, but I, do, I, I will say this, and I've, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll have some people in my mentions over this, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: I will say this. Watching mm-hmm. Love Life, <clears throat> does kind of reveal sort of the Achilles heels of the writing on Insecure as far as Lawrence and Issa, if you understand. Oh,
1: you wow, wow. It's well, little- you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I would agree because I, what I was going to say about love life is it, it's, part of the journey and the joy of it is that you learn, they're, they're choosing love. Um, right. uh, Marcus realizes he, it has to be a choice. It can't be something that just happens to him or just oh. seems convenient and you know or just seems like something he wants he has to choose it and she has to choose him she learned that as well yeah. and what and, and the failure we're seeing with insecure this season in particular with Issa and Nathan is it doesn't feel like they're really choosing each other it feels like they've both kind of just shrugged and said okay you're here and I'm here mm-hmm. you let's just let's just do this you know I don't feel I don't get that passion. I don't feel pa- I don't feel any passion at all, but that's not that's not the fault of the writing. The writers didn't really give us enough with Nathan mm-hmm. to convince me anyway that he really is into Issa the way he says he is. Yeah, and I mean, same-
0: the after, yeah, the actor who plays Nathan I'm I'm drawing a blank at his name right here.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, I think it's the it's the like the writing this season of Insecure has just been off me like i'm not i was like i know it's the final 10 guys i know it's the Mm -hmm. final lap but you gotta come in strong you gotta Mm -hmm. come in hot but i don't know like i'm just sort of like i i to be honest with you with the low-key happy episode in season four where Issa and lawrence finally aired their grievances and had that long night together Mm -hmm. i was just like okay they're done they they found closure right um that beautiful scene where she's walking down you know that neighborhood in LA in the morning. Mm-hmm. we offered her a ride. She was like, "No, I'm good. I got this." And yep. you just see her happy and confident. I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, so this is good." And then the next episode, you see her all hugged up with Lawrence, knowing.
1: Her-
0: <laughs> I'm like, "What are y'all doing?" Like, right. this, is, this chapter is closed. So I'm not really sure why they're dragging out this Issa and Lawrence because I don't think they're the one for each other. That that just not
1: anymore. It sounds out. messed up. I think before the baby, maybe, but definitely not now.
0: No, the, his life is just so radically different. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a father now. He's—I don't know if he's still in service. Like, he, he's just—just just let him go, girl. Mm-hmm. Let him go. Yeah, because episode five, the one that aired last night, she saw him where she At was in the
1: end, Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I'm not—I'm not even advocating for her to get back with Lawrence. I'm just not feeling this relationship with um with, with Nathan. Nathan Ken, with well, Kendrick Sampson. Notice how
0: Issa said that I love you. Although it was in a kind of casual way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he said nothing.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's gonna come back to be a problem later.
0: That's a problem. But, but, but here's the thing, and I and I said this. Uh when you especially the first time that you're going to tell someone you love them, I don't mm-hmm. think it should be like in a there should be intention behind that. Not mm-hmm. a oh oh that's one of the reasons why I love you. Ha mm-hmm. No. Like if mm-hmm. you at least for me, whichever right. gender, when you're there's been, you know, you're having feelings for someone, you feel like you're ready to express that mm-hmm. you're in love with them or that you love them. There needs to be intention behind that.
1: Mm-hmm. And not yep. like a,
0: oh, I just, oh, I didn't really mean it. No, stand by your words. You know what I mean? Um, and then, of course, that what it does is it, it, it I don't want to say it corners your partner, but then there has to be this time to give, you have to give space to the partner to, to respond, whether they feel mm-hmm. the same way or not. Mm -hmm. don't expect anything don't say i love you and then you expect they're gonna say i love you too like if you want to make yourself vulnerable it's scary Mm -hmm. i know that um but yeah like you still need intent behind that and then it it, what it does is like the partner is gonna have to be equally honest and just be like hey i care about you but i don't feel the same way or i love you too what's next you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but the way that she just threw it there like a soft (laughs) <laughs> grenade like, it, like
1: it, doesn't, it doesn't really hold on yeah. the thing is what's messed up is the, what she said and the way she said it you could be saying that to any of your platonic friends too like exactly. that's what I love about you that's why I love you like yeah. the way she said it was not on some romantic that's why I love you as my man and then yeah. let's also remember he was the one that put the boyfriend thing out there first like she didn't even know her mom was on the phone right. which I thought right. was cute and she was like is this your boyfriend he said yeah you know so mm-hmm. you, for her to try to turn this around to now saying oh he doesn't have the same level of commitment to this as she does it's is kind of some bullshit because he's he's several times made it clear how he feels about her you know and but, even here's he, thing, mm-hmm. just because,
0: but here's the thing though but here's the thing just because he declared her as his boyfriend doesn't mean that he's in love with her like, I'm not sure how Nathan worked this out in my head, worked this out in his head. But this is why I'm saying there has to be intention now. You have to have the intention when you're having this conversation, because now it's just going to open up all sorts of misunderstandings. And did you mean that? Did you mean that in a joking way? Did you mean that in a romantic way? No. Like, Put your big girl panties on and say that. Hey, "Hey, I need to talk to you. Listen, this is how I'm feeling about you. Or if you're the guy. You know what I mean? Like you need to be serious with your shit. Like when you're, because telling someone that they love, that you love them, that's a big deal. I don't care what nobody says, whether Mm -hmm. it's a time, like telling someone that you love them, that's a big deal. I don't take take that word lightly at all. It is. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I feel like Issa did kind of punk out a little bit on that because then again we don't know what she meant by that there's just so Mm -hmm. much ambiguity around that and that's going to cause problems and the fact that he didn't respond definitely has me (laughs) i think i think there's some problems (laughs) coming down the pike but but all to say that of course i know insecure and love life are two different shows yes Mm -hmm. what i'm saying is that as far as the writing yes my one issue with insecure is that a lot of milestones, some of the emotional milestones that these characters reach, we don't really get to see that, right? Nope. Like There's almost like a a fast forwarding of sorts. Like
1: We have to imply you know, so much. Uh. Yeah,
0: yeah. like Because season four, um, Issa and Molly weren't friends. The end of season four, we saw them meet at the restaurant that they like to eat at. Season five, we knew there was still some tension. And then just because they got robbed by somebody, all of a sudden Issa and Molly are friends again. I was mm-hmm. like come on now, this is not even real life, okay? Because right. I'm just thinking about episode four, all the things that Molly and Issa said to each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a Virgo, I remember everything. I'm <laughs> very, very salty, unless I hear some apologies. And we didn't mm-hmm. get to see that, because the other thing is that, even the, the ending of the se- of season four, we met at the restaurant, you should have shown that. We needed yeah. to see that conversation. Yeah. And then just you know, in season five, when they fast forward and jump a year, and now East and Molly are best friends. But how did they get there? Mm-hmm. It, it's not earned. Not even the, the the romantic or platonic relationships in *Insecure*. I don't feel like they're fleshed out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: like another example is between Tiffany and Kelly. Yeah, I don't understand this friendship. Kelly treats.
1: Nope.
0: I mean, sorry. Um, um, who's Amanda Seals' character? The, the stuck-up one. Oh. Um... But, you know, but yeah, but it's just sort of like that friendship is just so <laughs> lopsided to me. Uh, and I just don't understand, like, why are y'all even friends? Like, because she doesn't mm. treat Kelly. um, I don't feel that she feels that she that she treats Kelly with respect, but yet she made Kelly the goddaughter, the godmother to her child. Yeah. Um, And then that episode before when they sh- threw that ridiculous. Um, Tiffany, sorry. So yes. Tiffany and Kelly, right? So yes. Tiffany um, made Kelly the made Kelly the godmother for baby, but I was like, mm, okay, but but I just don't understand this relationship because I know that there was some tension with them in season three, right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Kelly had expressed it to, expressed it to Issa. She was like, I, you know, me and you know Tiffany are going through some stuff because Tiffany's pregnant. She moved, blah blah. And then in season four, it was like, oh, it's all good in the hood,
1: right? I was well, like, no. no, you're right because they they got it right in that same episode you referenced with Issa and Lawrence. They got we got to see them have that conversation and right. work through your why did you sleep with Daniel and then why mm-hmm. did you do what you did and mm-hmm. that we didn't get that with 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 Issa and Molly and that we were robbed of that. Yeah, we and
0: and the thing is, it's huge because the linchpin of Insecure is not Issa and Lawrence. The linchpin of Insecure is the friendship between isa and molly uh, yeah so you got the same care like you got to put that same care like i would have loved like the, okay we were just talking about criticism how we should but i'm gonna just put it out there not a criticism like i would have loved to see isa and molly work things out i would have been open to like if they had like a joint therapy session Mm. like the episode where because i've heard friends can do that it's not just couples romantic couples you can have you know therapists for friendships i would have loved to see an episode of molly and Issa on the couch
1: that would have been funny as hell you can
0: use you can use flashbacks from seasons one two three and four
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um and if you even wanted to go back and show a couple of flashbacks when they met in college you know what i'm saying Like, like the material between seasons one and four is more than enough Yes. if you wanted to do an episode you, sh- you show the shade that Molly threw at Issa the, the like just episode one when Issa did that song um smelly put what was it somebody
1: oh got broken pussy <laughs> And maybe it really smells. Maybe yeah, it really smells like if it's just, they, they have
0: sort of a frenemy relationship, and they've been mm. going back and forth. And I'm just like, yeah, this fast forwarding of a year of them just being besties is not—it's kind of insulting to the viewers. I'm like, you don't repair a friendship like that. Like mm. a lot of words were said
1: okay and that's and that's bringing back to love life that's what works is we get to see that work we get to see the bones get broken and reset we Mm. get to see you know so by the time we get to the end you use the word perfectly we they've earned it and we've earned it because we've been on this roller coaster ride with them wondering if this will ever even get to where it is um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's satisfying it's so satisfying and gratifying it is. I, it is. I can only pray we get that with insecure, but we'll see. We got a couple episodes left.
0: Yeah, we got five more.
1: <laughs> mm. So I
0: hope. I mean, I'm just hoping that we do not end up with Issa and Lawrence together. I was like, please, please, mm. can we just end this song and not her, not him, not not Lawrence.
1: I feel I like at know. this point it has to end the way I forget which season it was when mm. she finally got the apartment and she finally was able to unpack and yes. it was just her. Yes. That's the only way I can see this series ending to my satisfaction because if she ends it with Nathan, I'm going to be like, mm-hmm. boo, y'all settled. If she <laughs> ends it with Lawrence, I'm like, boo, this is unrealistic because that was right. the other thing about Love Life I love. Every decision seemed realistic. There was n- at no point that Marcus do something I'm saying, "Ah, he'd never do that. Oh, actually, you know what? A motherfucker would do some dumb shit like that. <laughs> so I can see his, his, his decision making while flawed right was realistic to me. I just don't feel like the writers of Insecure have given us a clear path to something um, wonderful for Issa. Because if if it was Nathan, they've already given us the early version. They've already given us that. They're together. And that's only five episodes in. So we have five more episodes for them to either break up, get back together, and then decide they really don't want to be together or they're okay. going to ride this out for maybe two more episodes then have them break up right towards the end and then she ends yeah. up by herself or they find some weird way for her to do, her and Lawrence to do uh, I want you anyway. I just don't see it's the, the reconciliation with Lawrence is a thing that I just can't see because it would just throw everything out the window about everything that we presume she's learned about herself Mm -hmm. like why would she attach herself at this point to this man who's clearly got another life going on that doesn't include her it just yeah yeah
0: Yeah, the only way that they could do a hail mary is if it's the reveal is that well he's not really the father which would really be lazy because you know fans already hate condola
1: and then um, made it
0: more like, oh, she lied about Lawrence's paternity. That would just be a cheap blow.
1: That would be cheap. That would and be I really mean, cheap. And
0: I, but, think, but, I actually don't dislike Condola. I actually liked her character. I, I was sad yeah. that, she, at least, you know, Issa kind of fell apart. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I hope that Insecure will give Issa the ending that she deserves. Let me say mm-hmm. that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be with a man. And I'm not saying black women don't need love because they do. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying these specific two candidates of Lawrence and Nathan, I think- It's not working be for me, yeah.
1: I would rather <laughs> them end it with her sitting down at a date with someone we've never seen and we never see dude's face. And all we see is her sitting down and smiling. Hi, my name's Lisa. Yeah. And just leave it there. fade to black. I will take that ending over her <laughs> going back to Lawrence, and I yeah. was Lawrence Hive. Um, yeah, I'm take say-
0: over that. Yeah, yeah I mean, and- I'm really interested in seeing like Lawrence grow up as a person and just really stepping up to the plate, being a father, and just showing this this positive portrayal of co-parenting with a black woman that you're not ne- necessarily romantically involved with, but mm. putting the welfare of this child first above your needs, you know what I mean I think that's the story that I would be more interested in because actually Lawrence being a father actually makes him more interesting that Mm. Lawrence episode in episode four was actually the best out of season five to be honest so far Mm. Uh, because it spoke to a certain reality it was very Mm -hmm. love life ish if that makes Mm -hmm.
1: sense Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm.
0: so yeah so um all to say love life (laughs) on HBO Max season two Mark, uh, uh, William Jackson Harper and Jessica Williams are freaking magic. I want to, I want to see them in 20 more movies together. (laughs) They have chemistry, right? Like we've been having this conversation of chemistry. There's been a conversation of chemistry, based on scenes from a marriage, because Jessica Chastain and freaking Oscar Isaac are just freaking amazing. Yes. And I'm just like, I believe everything coming out of their mouths.
1: Would be- <laughs>
0: and so with Love Like, there's definitely like this dynamic chemistry with William and Jessica that I just love. I, w- I want to see them in 50 movies together. I was like, can mm. we put them in different genres? Can we put them in a horror movie? Can we put them in a, <laughs> a movie? Can we put them in a, you know, like I'm just thinking of all these different, things that I'd want to see them in because they're Mm -hmm. truly... And I'm just so glad to see Jessica Williams back. Mm -hmm. She's really, like, to be honest with you, I mean, I've I've seen her acting in other movies before, but Love Life, she is just like, oh, no, she's acting, acting.
1: Yeah, You know what I mean?
0: Like, I always knew she was talented, but, like, I think Love Life is really, like, her, like, I can do this. I can -hmm. can be a romantic lead, and I can carry this movie um, or a project or whatever. She was just... She was just perfect. She and William were just perfect together. So um, we don't know who's going to be. I I don't haven't heard news of a renewal for season three, but I think it will. I think Mm -hmm. they will get a season three. And I would love if they continue with another character of color, Um, Mm -hmm. maybe an Asian woman or whatever. And they don't necessarily have to be straight. Mm. Um, That could be one. I mean, because it can't just be straight love, right? Right. So I'd love to see like a queer man, like maybe like the lead could be a black queer man or mm-hmm. a Latino queer man, but you know what I mean? Or someone who's trans, like just kind of, you know, open it up to just kind of show that there's a spectrum of love. Love is not always, you know, like. And by the way, I watched, I'm almost done with season one with Anna Kendrick, and it's actually quite good. Okay. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go
1: and check that out.
0: Yeah. Well, Thank you, Jerry.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. We got a double hitter.
0: We got a double, double, double header hitter.
1: tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but, hitter. See, that's yeah. how late it is. I'm, there's no such thing as a double hitter. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, wait a minute. What's, what time is it? Oh, oh, no. It's midnight. It, oh,
1: it's it's midnight, midnight where I'm at. It's Jeez. only nine o'clock, so oh, I know. No. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're enjoy welcome. Enjoy your Enjoy your Thanksgiving.
0: I will, and everybody, yeah. I know some people don't
1: celebrate Thanksgiving. For those who do, Uh,
0: please. Enjoy your your
1: turkey day. Enjoy (laughs) your food.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Spectrum Lounge. See you on the other side.